Hello, and welcome to 40 Guard Live. I'm Derek Mankey, and joining me today, we're bringing in Glenn Maiden, all the way from Australia, uh, part of our 40 Guard Labs crew, championing the Australia New Zealand region. We have a lot of breadth and depth in 40 Guard Labs. We truly are worldwide, and uh, it's great to, to speak to you. How are you doing, Glenn? Very well, Derek. It's great to be here once again. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, today I wanted to talk about um, not just threat intelligence, right? Threat intelligence is a big buzzword people throw around, just like artificial intelligence. But what a lot of people I don't think realize is all the work that we put in behind the scenes in 40 Guard Labs is not just about speeds and feeds, but really about how this has evolved and, and a lot of the active uh, work that we're doing in the industry, um, including in Australia on regional levels in the private sector, the public sector, and also um, globally in some um, you know alliances and organizations that, that we're working with. And I think you know if, if we take a step back and look about threat, the, just the topic of threat intelligence. If we look where we were ten years ago, um, it was very much the speeds and feeds. Certainly, you know, 10, 15 years ago, right? I'll give you a whole bunch of data, do something with it. But really, what we're doing today, it's 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 not about that, right? And I think you're seeing this also on the ground in Australia. It's much more of a, a people thing now, especially from FortiGuard Labs, right? It's a lot more involved. It's a lot more putting the skin in the game and, and really, you know, innovating. I, I would say and doing it the right way. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think. Um, uh, one of the biggest constraints that we've got is the lack of sort of trained people and the lack of people that can actually go through and go through 7,000 false positives. So it's really about now trying to get that context and setting up, as you say, setting up those really good trusted relationships. So when um, one of our partners or, um, you know, one of our customers sees something that um, doesn't look quite right, you know, they know that they can get onto an email to me and just say, hey, this is, um, this is not working. And then one of the great things is obviously uh, being here in Australia, I've also got that horsepower of the back-end FortiGuard Labs team. So if it's something that I can't help with, I can ring up, you know, one of our global experts, you know. Are we just seeing this in Australia or are we seeing this uh, worldwide? What's going on? Yeah, that, that that's a great point, Glenn. So if we look at, I know we've talked about this a lot before. I think people are quite well aware of a lot of the industry efforts that we've been involved in historically, right? Cyber Threat Alliance is a great example, which we co-founded in 2014. Uh, we are, uh, you know, a, a research sponsor of the MITRE Ingenuity, the Center for Threat Informed Defense. We work globally with Interpol, uh, sorry, Interpol and the, um, you know, Gateway Project. So that's about how we work on the, with law enforcement to do disruption and all that sort of stuff. And that's, you know, that's great. And that's what we've been building over the years. But I love to see how, how you just mentioned this. It trickles down also to the regional views that we have. Right. So, I mean, this is showcased in our threat landscape report that we issue uh, biannually now at 40 Guard Labs. You can see a lot of that data, including data that we have on a sector level, on a regional level in Australia, New Zealand. And that's certainly useful for us to report on uh, when it comes to, you know, report time for a threat landscape report. But we also operationalize that. I know you've been involved in that, right, Glenn? Uh, if we talk about locally at the uh, private sector, we share with some strategic partners there too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, threat sharing, it's funny. So it's not for probably, uh, not for everyone, at least sort of um, uh, in in terms of going very, very deep. I mean, we need to have a partner that's, uh, you know, got the resources and the technology and the, and the systems in place and the people that can understand it that we can work with. But certainly with customers like, you know, the big end of town, the telecommunications providers, uh, you know, uh, some elements of academia, some elements in the financial services, um, what I've actually seen in terms of uh, getting some of these partnerships working is we start off just sort of sharing some threat data and in some cases quite informally. It might just be, hey, um, we're about to do a threat signal on uh, this particular campaign. This might be of use to you. So it might be just something informally uh, that we pass off in a bit of an ad hoc manner. 
But those sort of relationships, it's amazing where they go to. So, you know, here in Australia, uh, we've got a whole bunch of um, critical infrastructure legislation. There's a real focus on um, trying to get us more resilient in terms of, you know, national crit critical infrastructure. And we've seen things like Colonial Pipeline overseas in the US that um, have got us a bit concerned. So it's those threat sharing relationships now have evolved to such a good point that some of these um, leadership, uh, uh, some of these leaders in the telecommunications industry, for example, will uh, ring me up and just say, hey, um, the, the, the legislation says we need to do this. How do I approach that? So, you know, not even just from a threat, more beyond it. So, you know, how do we actually come and, um, uh, and how do we approach this challenge and how do we approach this threat uh, to get the best, uh, the, the best resolution? Yeah, resolution and, and action, I think that's a key word we yeah. always talk about, actionable threat intelligence. And I think in order to be able to close that loop, you need the people. I mean, this is very much a people conversation. I know that with all, all of our strategic, uh, strategic partners in Australia, you you know them, you've, you've met them. This is like a personal relationship, right? I mean, obviously professional, but you know, you, you go and, and meet them personally. And um, that, that's a big thing because it's about building trust. That's something else I find even at globally when we work in these organizations. But I know that it's about really building those, those networks with the local uh, partnerships that you're, you're involved in. And I think um, there's also a difference, right, in terms of what is useful to each stakeholder. Because if we talk about the private sector, i.e. healthcare or telecommunications, we have data on that from FortiGuard Labs and we can share that data versus something that we'd share uh, in the public sector, like with the CERT, for example. Yeah, well, I mean, the CERT's a really good example as well. So obviously, I've been working with sort of some of the local um, the local CERTs here. Yep. And I think that element of trust that you that you mentioned is critical because so, um, you know, there's organisations like Fortinet where we're so broad in terms of the reach that we've got and the telemetry we've got on, you know, almost every view into the into the threat environment. So, you know, it's actually a really, really unique insight. So it takes, you know, knowing that you've got that as, um, you know, something that you can bring to the table. But then, as you say, building up that trust and that interpersonal relationship where uh, people know that you're actually in there uh, with a little bit of altruism behind it. You know, all we want to do is uh, see that national level of resilience raised. And um, the best example that uh, that I had here was sort of working with our local Australian Cyber Security Centre last year. And, uh, you know, we talk about global versus local threats. So we had um, a threat campaign here that was called Copy Paste. And it was, uh, you know, an APT, a nation state actor that was attacking a whole bunch of government and um, large private sector organisations. So, you know, before that was even made public, we were sharing sort of some of those TLP green and TLP amber indicators of compromise. We were sharing um, uh, hash files of some of the web shells that were being used, bad domains, bad IPs. We had all those, uh, or at least I took all those and then worked with the back-end FortiGuard people. So mm -hmm. we had all those protections into our systems and uh, blocking. So anyone that was running a FortiGate um, or any of our partners uh, and customers were already protected before they even knew it was a problem. So that's where this becomes so powerful. Yeah, yeah, and what what you're talking about here is is trust and sharing, right? So early, early sharing as well. It's like an early warning system, isn't it? Just like we get in, you know, when when we look at forecasting for threats for you know hurricane or adverse weather or what whatnot, we we're actually really doing the same thing on threat intelligence, and it's um, that that's a great example. There's also, I think, um, if you look at the Cyber Threat Alliance as an example, we just hit a milestone in that recently. We hit 200 early shares um, for the first time. Um, uh, in within the Cyber Threat Alliance. So all the members of the CTA, as an example, are sharing 
uh, data before a blog, a blog will go live with indicators of compromise, all those things so that protections can be in place ahead of time before the bad guys uh, get wind of that, right? Um, it's really leveling the playing field on threat intelligence. And, um, you know, that that's within the CTA, but I think it's important to realize that this also happens on a one-to-one -one basis, especially when we start talking about national um, CERT, um, CERT teams within different sectors and organizations. And as I said, in my experience, everyone has a different use case for this. Like naturally, the CERTs usually are looking at those APTs in the nation states and botnets and infrastructure that are effective in the regions. Um, you know, versus telecommunication providers that are interested more of the infrastructure piece, right? Um, but, you know, I think what's really cool is within FortiGuard Labs, we have, like you said, we have that breadth and depth in terms of the data. We can tag things by, by vertical and we can actually, um, you know, play on both the private and, and the public sector, right? Yeah, and what I like too, though, is there's so much um, goodwill in terms of uh, uh, the community. So, you know, there's a lot of people that are, you know, partners or uh, in, in, in a lot of cases, even some of our competitors. Yeah. But there's that there's that knowledge that um, by sharing, you know, we become more the, the, than the sum of our parts. So, you know, we're able to share in good faith and that makes, you know, all of our industry and our customers and partners more resilient. And we all sort of, you know, float to the top so on, the, on, on, on the rise of the tide. So that's the really, really good part for me. Yeah, me too. Uh, I have a lot of passion for this. I know we, sh we share the same passion, but if you look at um, what we've done historically in the industry with FortiGuard Labs, and it uh, wasn't just us, but we helped to pioneer a lot of these efforts. And really, it's been changing the game, right? So just talking about those early shares, if we look at what we did with the Cyber Threat Alliance, competitors would not share information uh, in, in the past. Uh, that was just what happened in, in, in the industry. But if you look at today, as, as you're mentioning, even with competitors, but certainly strategic partners, we can share things that are about attackers, right? Because we can't just win this war alone. And it's really about that true sharing and collaboration and implementation to to make it a stronger kill chain, right? When it comes to, um, you know, it's actually a form of disruption itself, isn't it? It is. It's funny when you think about the, um, you know, the attacker, uh, the threat ecosystem, you know, all the uh, bad guys are working together. It's good to see us starting to, <laughs> all the good guys starting to work together as well and share information. It's exactly what the, what our adversaries yeah. are doing. Well, strength in numbers and it sends a message back too. I think that's something that uh, that I, I actually believe is, is, is a critical piece, right? Without that collaboration, without that actionable intelligence and the sharing that happens, um, uh, we're just letting them run wild with the attackers, right? And um, especially uh, getting back to what, we're, what we first started talking about, that cyber criminals move with agility and speed. They're weaponizing uh, automation. Uh, they're weaponizing even machine learning and artificial intelligence. They're being getting into quicker, uh, into systems quicker. Uh, they have no jurisdictions, right? Cyber crime has no borders, but regions do. And so maybe we can talk about that a little bit, Glenn. What, what are we doing to help break down some of those barriers? Um, borders, I would say. Oh, look, I think um, from a regional perspective, it's, uh, I, th I think there's a lot of a lot of goodwill. So I know certainly our um, uh, Australian Cybersecurity Centre is looking at how they can sort of be a hub for threat intelligence and how they can um, uh, work with all the industry verticals. So they're talking to, uh, you know, people like myself on, you know, how we can actually uh, better, uh, better share information. Now, I think from a regional perspective i guess you know public private there's always going to be a, a few impediments there in terms of you know how operate and um, also a few um, i guess a few 
challenges to overcome, you know, whether it's legal or whether it's policy or whether it's something else. But what I have always seen is that real goodwill. Like, you know, people want want, want to uh, interoperate. They want to collaborate. Uh, a lot of the time it just comes down to how. So I think it's yeah. definitely not where I'd like it to be, but it's getting there. Yeah, I agree. There, there's a lot of work to be done still, but that's kind of the, the, the fun part about this too, is that I, I totally agree. There's a lot of goodwill, a good spirit. It, it's a great community as it were, right? If you put, it's about putting a bunch of smart people in a room, which is always a, a great thing. And um, no one said this was going to be easy, right? This is why we've been working on this for uh, over 10 years. Like there's literally been over 10 years of this historical development that we've done between private sector, national cert, uh, between uh, organizations like you know Cyber Threat Alliance as an example, and uh, most recently, um, I mentioned MITRE Ingenuity, the Center for Threat Informed Defense. So that's actually creating the frameworks and protocols and technology how we share that information and make it actionable because there is that skills gap out there that we know about, right? Um, but there's also the um, uh, most recently, you know, a lot of the efforts. And I know you, you've been involved in this as well, Glenn, with the World Economic Forum, right? So this is uh, truly a global stage now, and what's really cool about you know, as a founding member, um, you know, of the Center for Cybersecurity within the World Economic Forum, uh, we have the Partnership Against Cybercrime uh, Project, right? And this has been two two years in the making now. And um, it's very, um, it's really about connecting the dots on everything we've just been talking about, right? Yes, you have Australia you, and, and New Zealand, and you have these, you know, regional uh, private sectors and tech sector, you have the regional public sector and law enforcement and all of that. But then you also have this at a global stage because there are those borders and there's a lot of challenges that come having those borders in place. And so therein lies the uh, uh, the quest, right? To try to break down those, uh, to, to those, those barriers to solve those challenges. Even though there's a lot of, a lot of goodwill, it's not gonna be done overnight. And um, I think the partnership against cybercrime is, is a really interesting aspect how we're approaching that. Yeah, actually, it's one of the most exciting projects I've been involved in uh, for a long time, actually. Mm. So, um, again, we talked about goodwill before and we talked about sort of the scarcity of uh, cyber talent. And, you know, a it's a bit of a unicorn, a really, really good experienced uh, cyber threat intelligence analyst. There's not too many of them. But, um, you know, obviously, you know, with, with, with yourself and uh, the World Economic Forum and the Cyber Threat Alliance sort of uh, coming up with some of these really, really powerful initiatives, what I've loved is we've gone and worked with some of the the biggest and best organisations in the world. So we've pulled together the biggest and the best. And not only that, we've pulled out the best of the best in terms of who's their best cyber threat analyst. We've pulled together uh, in a group to go through and say, well, what can we actually do together? You know, how can we actually uh, get a bunch of really, really powerful uh, expert people sitting in the same virtual room, obviously at the moment, sitting in the same virtual room and really make a dent in terms of how yeah. we're approaching cybercrime. And while it's early days, we're seeing some very, very positive uh, early results already. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. It's very exciting. That, to me, this is another one of those, I, I, I have, I have good, uh, good feelers about this, right? This is another one of those pioneering moments, I think, in, 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 in the industry, right? Um, it's about, again, bringing this is a multi-stakeholder effort, not just private sector, but public sector as well. And I think more importantly, it's not just the goodwill, but the actual people rolling up their sleeves, right? Saying that, it's, you know, yes, there's interest, but let's do something about this, right? Collectively, because as we know, cybercrime being a multi-trillion dollar industry and, and every day we report on ransomware, 
problem is just going to get worse if we don't uh, address it. And I know within the partnership, we've um, launched uh, recently Atlas as well. So it's a project ongoing to actually map the cyber criminal ecosystem as well, uh, because you got to understand that it's not just about, yeah, we know there's ransomware out there and infrastructure, but we also know that these are businesses on their own and we need to understand more about the business model itself, right? Yeah, and again, it comes back to that partnership uh, element that we discussed before. So there is so much really, really good intelligence out there, even just uh, in open source on uh, the activities and the stakeholders and the uh, uh, tactics, techniques and procedures of yeah. a lot of these organisations, but they're scattered all over the place. So, you know, even just in and of itself, uh, pulling that together and normalising that information, it's amazing how much intelligence is there uh, if we've got the right people together that are able to interpret it and then uh, normalise it. So, yeah, we're sitting on some really, really uh, 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 good opportunities coming into 2022. Absolutely. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It's really exciting. It's, it's fantastic context because now you're marrying context from the private sector and the public sector together. And that, that really is the key, right? I think that is the key to effective strategy and disruption too. So really excited about that. Thanks for supporting those efforts and uh, support, uh, supporting us with 40 Guard Labs locally, regionally, I should say, in Australia and New Zealand, Glenn. It's fantastic to, to have you on board. And I know you're busy at work on that on a daily basis. Um, it's been a great conversation. You can check out more on all the updates, what we're doing with our, our latest research and uh, everything that we're doing on the uh, alliances and organizations and threat sharing at blog.fortinet.com. Thanks again for watching. This is Derek Menke with 40 Guard Live.